You're listening to a podcast presentation of Hillside Foursquare Church in Reno, Nevada. We're going to be diving into Acts chapter 16. One of our pastoral staff, my dad, Louis Locke the Elder, is going to be addressing us today. And this is a fun passage because in it, we get to see that there's times that Paul and Silas, as they're moving forward in their mission to share the gospel good news, it actually says that God tells them no when they're trying to go and share the gospel, and that the Spirit of Christ opposed them. And it's interesting, because we often will uh, equate any opposition as coming from our our enemy or coming from a negative point of of view or a negative place. But here we get to see that it's actually God that does it. And so we're going to be hearing a little bit about what does it look like to hear God, when God says yes, when God says no. Uh, I'm thankful that uh, we have available to us a, I'm, I'm guessing, over 35 years worth of pastoral experience coming to you today with my dad. Uh, and that's just as a senior pastor, not even considering the the decade plus that he was an associate pastor here at this church from about 1976 to about 1984. Uh, in that time, I've gotten to to witness his his own development and growth as a person who would be a, a man of the word, who studied the word, who listened to good messages, and then learned how to uh, rightfully divide the scriptures and then share it with the congregation in an ongoing manner. And we as a church now, Hillside, gets to benefit from those years of experience, but also the relationship that we get to have with both him and my mom and dad and my mom. So as you're listening today, I want you to know you're hearing from somebody who is not only trustworthy, but they, they have years worth of experience in, in practicing this very thing, learning to hear God and to respond. And my prayer is that as you are listening to this today, that God will speak to you and he will uh, become more, you'll, it'll become more and more simple for you to be able to tell when he's telling you yes, and also to be able to tell when he's telling you no, that it's not the end of the world, that he's got a better plan and maybe it might be different than what you thought. So anyway, Hillsiders, would you welcome my dad as he comes to speak this morning? Thank you, son. <laughs> you know, the, the best thing that I heard him say today, go Niners. <laughs> well, it is a joy to be able to, to speak this morning. <clears throat> We're looking at the book of Acts. We're continuing in the series in the book of Acts, chapter 16. If you have your Bible, you can open up to chapter 16, verse 6. If you don't, you can open up the Bible on the screen here, and we're going to read it. This story is an example of being led and directed by the Holy Spirit as uh, disciples walked close with Jesus. So let's look and see what we're going to be talking about this morning. Go ahead. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the providence of Asia. Then coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the providence of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with them, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. This is an interesting interesting verses. I've I've never taught on these verses. It was kind of like the, the flyover country. 
you know, you're, you fly over areas and it's like, yeah, something's down there. And this verse was kind of like, it's called in, Bible, in your Bible, it's probably called the Macedonian call because it's what Paul and his cohorts respond to was the vision that he saw and the call to Macedonia, please come and help us. But these first few verses <clears throat> are kind of puzzling to me. As I read them just the other day, <clears throat> I like to read my Bible and read and wonder. There's things that you read, and I kind of go, well, wait a minute, just a minute. Now, this is the second missionary journey of Paul, right? So what is he supposed to be doing? He's supposed to be go traveling and preaching the gospel, right? Are we agreed on that? Okay, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia. So they were traveling like 200 miles, but they had been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So they were on a missionary journey, but God was, the, the, the goal was to preach the gospel. They're there and they're available, but God says, I don't want you preaching the gospel. Now when I read something like that, I go, What? Why, you've got missionaries that are wanting to preach the word, why would God keep them from preaching? Then it goes on and says, so they came to Mycenae, they headed north <clears throat> to go to Bithynia, but again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. And so I'm thinking, strike one, strike two. You, do, you would think, that Paul the Apostle would have it pretty dialed in what the will of God was, right? <clears throat> and I think in our own lives, sometimes we think we, we get a call from God, we're trying to obey it, and along the way, our plans are uh, stopped or put on hold. So this <clears throat> reading and wondering had me thinking about they were forbidden and prevented by the Holy Spirit to number one, they couldn't preach the gospel and they couldn't go on to Mycenae. My question is, why? And I was hoping somebody here would have the answer this morning. <laughs> because the Bible does not tell us why they weren't able to preach or go on. And anybody have the answer? No. Okay. Second question. How did the Holy Spirit prevent them uh, from preaching the word? not allow them. How did the Holy Spirit do that? Who's got the answer to that one? <clears throat> Nobody? I don't either. This is one of those where you're going to say, Lord, how and why did you not allow Paul to preach the gospel and why did you stop them from going into an area that needed to be evangelized? I don't get it. But what I do get, do get is there are things that, there are reasons why God doesn't tell us how and why. You ever have anything like that in your life? You're walking with the Lord and you end up doing what you feel like God's doing and you say why or how and it's like he's silent. Well in this instance, we are not, the Bible doesn't tell us why or how the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching and going into the new area. <clears throat> one, 
Whenever that happens, we usually come up with an idea. Well, well, maybe it was, or maybe it was. Let me free you from that. You don't have to do a maybe it was. You can just say, Lord, for whatever reason, you're not telling us why or how, which could be a lesson to us to, to walk with God in the same way that there are things that we don't know and it's okay that we don't know. See, there's a scripture in Proverbs 16.9 that says, <clears throat> a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. In other words, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas and Timothy had, were responding to the call. They were going where they knew where to go, and, but they, along the way, there were things that came up where the Holy Spirit said, you can't preach here, you can't go there. And there's times in our lives as we're walking with the Lord that it's like, don't do that. And you say, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But it says, no, that's not what I want you to do. Why not? No answer. And so we see in this, why was the, 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 there are times in the word of God that it's silent. And as we <clears throat> read and consider, it's okay to ask those questions. Usually when I'm reading along and I run into something I don't quite understand, my first response is to say, Holy Spirit, help me understand why this is, why this is happening. Help me understand what's going on here. <clears throat> I prayed with this one. Lord, why, how, and why did you keep them from preaching and going into the area? And he said, is it in the Bible? And I said, no. And so, I don't know. And obviously, you don't know either. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? That you don't know how and why? Could it be that Paul and Silas and team were being led by the Holy Spirit? And when the Holy Spirit said, don't preach there, they said, why not? Or did they say, okay, we're to, we're, we're to keep going. Well, where are we going to go? Well, let's, let's go down to Bethesda. Okay, let's go. So the second choice, they go down, they get there and say, okay, let's go in, let's start preaching. Holy Spirit says, nope, not here. <clears throat> I can imagine if I were at this juncture, I would say, Lord, I'm trying to obey what you called me to do. And it seems like I'm missing, missing the first call, I'm missing the second plan. What is it? And it's that kind of thing where we say, I have high expectations of the Apostle Paul <clears throat> that he was walking in the will of God according to what he knew the Holy Spirit was directing him. But I also smile when I see he didn't throw a fit when he got shut down on the first two choices. Right? So he's going along and, and it's, you don't preach here and don't go there. And Paul probably went, okay, what now? What was Paul's response? Well, again, we don't see a response other than, well, let's move on. You could imagine Paul's response if he was frustrated in missing it the first two times where he'd go, man, what? we're trying. We're trying our best to do what God's called us to do. And it seems like every opportunity that we present ourselves to, we get shut down. But they were being obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Which is a lesson to me and I hope a lesson to you to say, when you're walking with the Lord as close as Paul was and his crew, 
there are times when you just don't see exactly what God has in mind or in plans for you, but you keep moving. And if things, if there's a door shut or an opportunity that you thought was going to be there that isn't there anymore, don't throw a fit. Move on. Well, where do we go from here, Lord? And that's what Paul does. The Holy Spirit was leading them on the way. As they were walking, the Holy Spirit was leading them. They were discerning God's plan. They had a plan. Let's go there. Uh-oh, we can't preach. Okay, let's go there. Uh-oh, we can't go there. So they were on the way discovering God's, God's leading, which is a lesson to us also that, uh, well, let me put it this way. <clears throat> How many of you, when you go on a trip, you plot out every place where you're going to be staying, you need reservations and confirmed reservations so that you know every step of the way you've got it laid out? How many of you are like that? How many of you are, let's get in the car and go and see what happens. <laughs> okay, we got a couple. I'm married to a let's get in the car and go. Yes. And I'm a let's have reservations guy. Uh, I think Paul was, was the uh, preferably having reservations but being willing to change your plans when God says, I want to change your plan so that you are doing what my plan is instead of your plan. And that kind of realization and that kind of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, I think, is what we're trying to shoot at here. We can make our plans, and plans are fine. It's not, plans aren't unspiritual. You know, I've heard people say over the years, uh, oh, you're going to speak this morning, you're just going to get up and let the Spirit lead? And I said, well, yeah, but I'm also going to prepare hours and hours in study and preparation. Just because you study and prepare doesn't mean the Spirit doesn't lead what you're going to say. And in the same way, we can lay out plans for our life and plans that we are pursuing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're shutting the Holy Spirit off from adjusting your plans. Hearing and being Spirit-led is walking in a way that I'm doing the best I can in doing what I know to this point. But beyond this point, the Holy Spirit's going to direct what my next steps are. Whether I'm to speak to this person or that person, whether I'm to go into this area or not, whatever's, it's not my will, but yours be done. Sometimes we can make our plans and say, okay, I got my plans, I got my reservations, let's go. And we're locked down into our plans when God had a much better plan for us. Hearing God and following him is not always clear and trouble-free. Uh, personal example. It was many years ago, close to 40 years ago, Peggy and I, our family, were attending this church, living here in Reno. God called us to pastor a church, pioneers start a church. And as we responded to that, it was like, uh, wow, that was a big step. We went and talked to Pastor Dave, the pastor here. And he said, you need to talk to your, our uh, district supervisor, our spiritual authority and overseer. We went down to Modesto and had an appointment with him. Walked in and we were talking. And he said, what do you want to do? I said, I feel like God's calling me to plant a church. 
He said, okay, where? And I said, I really like the Minden-Gardnerville area. I really, it's just beautiful down there. I think I'd like to do that. And he said, well, that was my plan. He said, well, I'd really like to have a church in the capital city. I think I'd rather have you go to Carson City. And I said, okay. You know, it was easy for me. I wanted to plant a church. He said, where do you want to do it? My plan is Minden-Gardnerville. God's plan was Carson City. I said, oh, okay. Then we will start to pursue that. And it was one of those, the plans were laid, but I'm open. I wanted God's will. I don't want what my choice is. I want his. Because it wasn't my choice in the beginning to, to plant a church. But I finally caught on after a, a while of the Lord speaking to me and adjusting my heart along the way. <clears throat> well, that was the begin, one of the changes. Another change was, okay, here we go. We have our assignment, Carson City. Let's go down there. Uh, we put our house. We lived in Golden Valley, put it up for sale. And that's going to sell fast. And we'll go to Carson and find a house, buy a house, get the kids in school, and we're ready to go. Right? Right. That's what we did. Put our house for sale. We went and made an offer on a house in Carson, put our kids in school, rented a church office, and our house didn't sell. Now wait, if you're in the will of God, things go smoothly, right? I mean, if you're in the will of God, your house in Golden Valley is going to sell in, in a week or two. Well, the one in Carson City was contingent on the one in Reno selling. The kids are enrolled in school under the address of our new home that didn't turn out to be our new home. So we were commuting from Reno to Carson to take the boys to school. We were making uh, that house payment continuing at, because it didn't sell. I think it was six months or maybe five months of God, what are you doing? This is not going smoothly. And, and you know, when it, things don't go smoothly, the spiritual people that you know, they'll come up and say, are you sure you're in God's will? I mean, if you were in God's will, you wouldn't be, your house would have sold, right? And I have to say, <clears throat> I don't think so. On this side of it, I would not agree that, that we were out of the will of God. What was happening during those five, six months? A lot inside here. A lot dealing with attitudes, with expectations. It reminds me of our <clears throat> two-year-old grandson. The other day he was at the house, we were watching him, and he was, Grandma was printing out pieces of paper where he could color them. And so he was coloring, and he was waiting. You go online, get a picture. That's the one I want. Print it. So Grandma hit print, and he's going, come on, hurry up, hurry up. And Grandma said to him, Brody, you have to be patient. And he said, I already am patient. <laughs> and I thought, that's how we are sometimes. God says, be patient. And said, I already am patient. Would you get with the program? It's your program, and I seem like I'm caught in the middle of it. Well, we ended up renting our house in Reno, uh, the house that we 
had put an offer in. That deal went bye-bye. <clears throat> After a men's breakfast one day, I said, I'm just going to take a drive. And I went driving up where we currently live. And there was a for sale by owner sign up. And a guy was out working in the yard. And I stopped and talked to him. And he said, told him we were looking for a house. He said, well, let me show it to you. And I went inside. And anyway, it worked out. That ended up to be the house we bought. And, but it was six months later. And it was not smooth. Let me tell you this. The destination is all, not always the goal. Our destination was get to Carson, get it done, get the new house, the whole thing. The journey is more important at times than the goal. It's like, what were we learning? How was God molding us? How was he changing us? How were we listening to be patient? How are we um, trying to uh, convince our boys? It, it's not nor unnormal. It's okay that we drive you to school in Carson and you live in Reno. For a time, it was a difficult time, but it was a shaping time. And there's times when things aren't going like we plan. Look for the work of God. Submit to the work of God in your life what's going on around you. And we can say, ah, God, you are up to something. More than just getting us to a destination. But the journey is important what God works in us. Would you say amen to that? Amen. Okay, I can tell you've experienced that kind of thing. Well, let's conclude in the next few minutes some things about <clears throat> being led by and responding to the Holy Spirit. Learning to spontaneously or intuitively respond to the Holy Spirit. And I believe like we see in, in these scriptures where Paul says, uh, can't, can't speak in this area? Okay, that's fine. Let's go there. No, you can't go there. Okay, let's move on. And uh, he just responded to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, no, change your plans. Change of your plans. And we need to, to say, okay, I'm good with that. Instead of, no, I want my plan now. No, it's his will, not ours. One of the things to learn to hear God's voice is to be so very familiar with what we know is God's word to us, the Bible. We are to be people of the word of God. Read it constantly. Read it with an open heart. Not just, I gotta get through these chapters, but it is the living word of God that can transform our lives. And as we, as sons and daughters of the living God, spend time in the word of God, we develop a familiarity with what God says. The New Testament, the book of John, I think is my, I was gonna say my favorite book, but I say that about just about all of them. But John, where we see the, Jesus and his ministry and how he talks to people and how he talks to his disciples and how he prays to the Father. It's like, wow, this just, it just fills your heart. And you get familiar with what Jesus would say, what Jesus would do. And it begins to shape your life to a point where that's what I want to be like. That's the way I want to talk to people. That's the kind of attitude that I want to have. That's the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that I want to walk in. So we need to be people of the word. It, to me, it's like a, a reservoir. We're filling up this reservoir with the word of God and then we're able to make withdrawals from it or the stream of it can flow into our, and through our lives.
We must be people of the word of God. And whenever we hear the word or open the scriptures, we need to be willing to be taught and shaped. You know, there's things you'll run into in the Bible, you'll say, I don't understand that. Or you will read it and say, I understand that only too well. And it readjusts things in our heart, in our lives, in our attitudes that need changing. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. How many of Jesus' sheep do we have here today? Just about everybody is willing to acknowledge that. Jesus himself says, you will hear his voice. And you say, okay, what is it, how do I hear your voice? You know, hearing the voice of God, don't think that it has to be an audible voice. I have not talked to many people that say, I hear God audibly. More, more it's the still small voice or the whisper of God. It's like, if I was to say to you, uh, if I was to say elephant, and if I could erase what I just said, how many of you know what I just said? You understand what I'm saying? It's like he speaks to us, we don't hear the words, but we know what he said. And so hearing God's voice is that still small voice where he speaks to us, we know what he said, but we didn't hear it. But we did hear it with spirit, I guess you could call it spiritual ears. We hear the voice of the Lord. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I know them and he knows you. There's something that's so, I just wanna slow down there for a second. And he knows you. He knows everything about you and he loves you. Joey was talking about not feeling not worthy at times. Who's worthy? Jesus has made us worthy by what he's done. Oh Lord, may we learn to hear your voice and recognize it and follow what you're telling us to do. God speaks to us uh, instructively, correctively, directively, protectively. He's got the bases covered. He walks with us, he's, he's with us. When we get those inner promptings, we call it insight, we have uh, uh, those whisperings where you got a prompting, it's kind of a church word we use, you get prompted by the Holy Spirit, it's like he gives you a poke. You know, there's times when my wife prompts me, come on, and, and I know what she's saying, I know I'm thinking what I'm supposed to do and I get an elbow or a poke. She's prompting me to do something. Well, the Holy Spirit's kind of like that. You get prompted. You know, it's in all kinds of ways. If we are walking with Jesus, listening for his voice, he will interrupt your plans and plan directives all the time. Say you're walking by somebody and you glance at them and the Holy Spirit will give you a prompt. This last week, we were in, uh, we went to the, the, Republican caucus in Carson City and we were outside and it was raining and there was a guy there that was a Vietnam vet <clears throat> and he was uh, he, he was 100% uh, 
disability. So he was, he was a hurting guy, not just physically, but it had affected his brain. It didn't affect his mouth. He could talk. And so we were in line for about 40 minutes, and I've heard, I heard his life story about three times. And there was something about the second time through, I was thinking, ah. And the words that I heard the Holy Spirit say to me were, unto the least of them that you have done, you've done unto me. And it was like the Lord was, the Holy Spirit was saying to me, don't write this guy off. Don't let him get under your skin. I love him just like he is. So who are you to think that because you heard his life story twice, you don't need to hear it again? Love the guy. People around us were going like, what's with this guy? And I thought, that's not what Jesus would do. And that was a little prompt by the Holy Spirit because I was thinking, I've heard enough of this. And the Holy Spirit said, no, you haven't. So do I want to be like what I want or is it like what the Holy Spirit wants? The Holy Spirit, God always speaks to us according to his word. And that's why it's so important to know his word. If God says to you something, you can say, okay, like is this, uh, does this sound like Jesus? Is it legal? Is it moral? Is it biblical? We kind of run it through those filters. And if it is, you're in pretty good hands. But he always speaks. I can remember there was a man that was attending our church in Carson City early on. This is 25 plus years ago. But it sticks in my mind because he came to me one day and he said, I feel like the Lord's spoken to me. I said, well, that's good. What did he say? He said, I'm supposed to leave my wife. And there's this other lady that I'm supposed to marry. And I said, what, what, wait a minute, what did you just say? He said, I think God has told me that I'm supposed to leave my wife and hook up with this other lady. He said, uh, I don't think that's God because that is direct opposition to what I believe the Bible says. You don't get rid of your wife to go after somebody else because you're having an affair with them. God never speaks anything that goes against the principle of his word. And that's important for us to know. There's a, a Psalm 119, verse 11. It says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I won't sin against you. And you think about that. If, if the word of God is hidden in my heart, then the Holy Spirit is able to, to correct me or warn me if there comes an opportunity that I won't sin against you, if there comes an opportunity for sin, whether it be physical, mental, verbal, whatever it may be, you begin to move in that direction and the word of God, the Holy Spirit can come and say, no, wait, you, the word of God says, no, don't do that, don't say that, that's a bad attitude, change, repent. So the Holy Spirit can come with, when we have the word of God hidden in our heart, he can draw from our heart and speak to us. So following God's leading and directives, uh, I said a minute ago about uh, when you hear something, test it. Jerry Cook, Louis will mention him as 
one of his mentors, a very good friend of ours also, he said, if it's, if it's not illegal, immoral, or unbiblical, do it. He says that sometimes following the will of God is like driving a car down the road. If we, as we were driving up from Carson City this morning, I stayed in my lane. But there's times where I'm looking at the beautiful mountains or something, and I'll kind of go off a little bit. And you know, you know what those, all of a sudden you start hearing this, thump, 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 thump. How many of you have heard that? Okay, what is that? It, it's a rumble strip. It, it tells you, hey, you're about to get out of your lane. It's, this is danger. And I think the Holy Spirit does that too in us as we walk with him. Don't expect him to be uh, like a military drill sergeant. Left, right, left, right, turn right. It's like, that's where I want you to go, get going. Okay, we're on the way. We're walking with Jesus. We're trying to be as close to him as possible. And as we're walking... You hit a rumble strip. Ooh, I'm getting a little off there, right? In my thinking or in my, what I'm contemplating. God will lead us, gently tapping us. If you, all of us, you don't look at your hands when you're driving, right? Hopefully you don't. You're looking where you're going. And if you looked at your hands while you're driving, you will see yourself making little corrections as you go down the road. You don't even have to think about it. You are just intuitively making small corrections as you drive. Otherwise, you're on the rumble strip or in the median. It's the same kind of thing as we walk with the Holy Spirit, walk with God. There's these little corrections that come to help us stay in our lane. There's a great big sign right before you get off of 580 to, make, to get onto McCarran. It says, stay in your lane because of the Golden Valley stuff going on out here. But I thought, look at that sign. It says, stay in your lane. Peggy, that's what I'm preaching about this morning. And the Holy Spirit will tell us to stay in our lane. She said, what? Is that in the Bible? Yeah. Let's learn to intuitively, spontaneously hear and respond to that still small voice, the whispers of God those little changes to keep us on track. And it's not some like spiritual thunder and lightning that comes out of the sky. Paul and Silas and his group were, were just kind of bumping into walls, it seems like. But then, it says, so that night Paul had a vision. And a man from Macedonia and northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over here and help us. So, so we decided to leave for Macedonia at once. I love this next line. It says, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. I mean, obviously, a vision. And he says, this man standing there, a man, angel, whatever it was exactly. Come, help us out. And they said, hmm, what do you think? Think we ought to do that? They concluded that that's probably what God was calling them to do. There was clear direction at the end of 400 miles of wandering. There's times when God is just silent and he's just saying, don't do that. Okay, I guess I'll go this way. Yeah, okay. Don't go there. Uh, okay, I guess I'll go this way. Okay. Oh, they end up in Troas and say, what's, 
What are we going to do? Well, boom. He sees a vision. God says, this is what I want you to do. And there's times where God comes through and says, makes it very clear. But again, you ask Paul and says, is it worth it? The Macedonian call, this is the underscoring. What there's not is, is so often talked about was the journey to get to Macedonia from where they were, the, the journey that they took. But all that way was they were following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I say there are some very significant events in our life that we could say this is, that's where I'm headed. I want to be where God wants me, when God wants me there. But there's a whole lot of stuff between where we are and where God wants us to be in a significant event. But that whole journey is walking closely with the Lord, learning to be led by and responding to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I so thank you for your word. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who helps us know, helps us hear, helps us see what you're directing. Lord, let us not be slow to adjusting our plans to fit your plans. For Lord, our desire is to be your people, your sheep, to hear your voice, and to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for laughing at my jokes. More, more than that, I say thank you for, I, I felt an openness to hear what the Holy Spirit was saying to you today. And that's what's important. Holy Spirit, help me hear your voice and respond to you on your terms. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed and you might even have a donut left over there. God bless you. There is prayer available right back here. There'll be folks to pray with you if you'd like to, to ask the Lord to touch an area of your life. This has been a podcast presentation of Hillside Foursquare Church in Reno, Nevada. You can reach us via email at web at hillside4.org. That's W-E-B at hillside4.org.